Welcome to the Money Love Podcast. I'm your host and money coach, Paige Pritchard. If you're ready to uplevel your results in relationship with money, you're in the right place. Each week, I give you the tools to transform your mindset, manage your emotions, and achieve results with your money you never dreamed were possible. Hi, love. Welcome to episode 34 of the Money Love Podcast. This week, we are kicking off what I am kind of calling a series for the next couple of weeks on the podcast. So if you are a weekly listener, then you know that the past couple of weeks, we have been talking all about debt, and we are going to move on to a different silo of money. And we are going to be talking about women and money. So in this week's episode, I'm going to be giving you a lot of things just to kind of ponder on, food for thought. Things to consider, and I think a lot of it are things that are going to make you go, hmm, that's really interesting. Because what I want to do today is break down these differences that we see when it comes to money with women and men. You guys know that I am a money mindset and management coach, and I specifically work with women. And there are things that I see day in, day out with my private one on one coaching clients and with my course students that I have compiled into this episode. And then in the coming weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to take about eight different topics that I really feel are holding women back from reaching their full financial potential. Things like comparison, things like worthiness, things like self-confidence and self-doubt, things like people-pleasing, indecision, our inability to take risks with our money. We're going to be diving into each one of these topics in the coming weeks. But for this week, I just want to kick off this series talking about women and money. And I will say to you guys, this is a really important episode. And I just want to ask you right off the bat that as you're listening to this episode or after you've listened to it, if this episode resonates with you, it would mean so much to me if you would share this episode with your network if you want to post it on Instagram and tag me at The Purposeful Penny, this is going to be an episode that I want as many women to listen to as possible. So again, if it resonates with you, please share it with your network. I want as many women to hear this message as possible because it's so important. All right, let's jump in. A couple things that I want to acknowledge right off the bat with this episode. The first disclaimer that I want to make is that I am going to be talking in a very generalized sense in this episode, and I want to acknowledge that right off the bat. I know that what I'm going to say here isn't the case for all women or for all men. I know that not every single one of you might feel this way, but I do know that a large majority of you might be feeling this way because it's what I hear every single day. So Again, I know it's going to be very generalized. I know every single person and situation is different, so I just want to acknowledge that. And secondly, I want to say that I also realize that some of the observations in this episode might seem very antiquated, very old-fashioned, and again, I want to acknowledge that. But in my opinion, from what I've seen and in my coaching, as much as we want to think that we have evolved, which we have, no doubt. But sometimes I get the sense that we think that we're a little bit farther along and progressive when it comes to money and when it comes to gender roles and when it comes to these invisible money scripts that we are carrying around than we actually are. These money scripts are real. 
They are present. They are running in the background and they are showing in the heads and the beliefs and the feelings and the actions and the results of millions of women around the world. And it is preventing them from reaching their full financial potential. So I realize I'm going to say some things in this episode and you're going to be like, Paige, it's 2021. But again, as much as we want to feel like we have progressed to a certain point, I still see that we are still carrying around very, again, antiquated and outdated beliefs about money and gender roles that are holding women back. We think, oh, women don't feel that way anymore. We don't believe those things anymore. But I'm still seeing them in my clients every single day. So in this episode, I am going to walk through the entire flow of money kind of the three areas and what differences I specifically see between men and women. So we're going to start with the inflow of money, money coming in, your ability as a woman to make money, how good you are at it, and what you make it mean. Secondly, we're going to talk about the middle stage of the flow of money, which is the management piece of money. And lastly, we're going to end talking about the outflow of money, spending money, and the differences we see there between men and women. Before we actually start going through those three areas, I do want to take a second and just remind you about this concept called money scripts and remind you of what that means. So I've talked about this in a past episode in a lot of detail. I believe it was episode one, actually, but I'll go through it quickly just because it is pertinent to this discussion. So I want to remind you that we all have a money history. And that money history is based off hundreds, if not thousands of inputs that have either intentionally or unintentionally been absorbed into our subconscious that now form the beliefs that you have about money. And those beliefs and thoughts that you have about money is going to dictate how you feel about money and how you feel about money is going to dictate how you manage money and how you manage money. And the actions that you take around money will dictate the financial results that you're able to create within your life. And so these hundreds, if not thousands of inputs, are made up of unique experiences that you've lived through, of conversations that you've had, of interactions that you've been a part of yourself or that you've observed other people taking part in. They are made up of inputs that you've received from books that you've read from movies or TV shows that you've watched, from messages that you've absorbed and adopted through your chosen religion or through your education. So like I said, it's hundreds if not thousands of different inputs. And I want you to think about these inputs just as a dripping faucet. It's not like a huge rush of water that's anything obvious or destructive at one period of time. It's just slowly dripping over time, and it all seems little, and it all seems subtle, and like it's no big deal. But when you leave a dripping faucet on and dripping over a course of 20, 30, 40, 50 years, then suddenly your dripping faucet has now filled up an Olympic-sized swimming pool to where you're like, whoa, where did all that come from? And again, it's probably not one specific event or person or experience that you're able to point to and say, aha, that's the reason that I am how I am. That's why I believe what I believe. It's these little inputs that have happened over time. This is how you come to form your beliefs about money. I want you to think of all of these inputs 
like your money DNA. No two humans have the exact same inputs. And so no two human beings are going to have the same beliefs and relationship with money. It's all going to be a little bit different, just like individual strands of DNA. They're all unique, but there are a lot of overarching similarities, right? And the same is true with money. So while we're all going to have our unique backgrounds and experiences, a lot of the inputs that we have received, especially with women, are sending us the same message that is being absorbed and adopted that as children, we can't decipher from fact or truth or messaging. We just adopt it and we believe it and we carry that into adulthood. And then those thoughts and beliefs shape our feelings and emotions and our actions and our results. But the messaging, the lessons, the takeaways that are fed to little girls compared to little boys when it comes to money is very different. And that is what I want to bring to your attention today because a lot of these, once I say them, you're probably going to go, oh, yeah, no, that's true. I was told that or I was kind of probed or conditioned to believe that about money. But a lot of these things you might not have ever slowed down to give any conscious awareness through. And so that is where we always have to start with mindset work, remember, is awareness. We cannot work to change what we don't know is there, what we don't know exists. And I talk to so many of you every day who you want to achieve so much more financially in your life. You know that you are not reaching your full financial potential, but you can't figure out why. And when we start to look at some of these beliefs, I think you'll have more visibility into why that is. And I think it'll start to make a little bit more sense because these scripts, whether you realize that they are there or they're not, they are always running and they are always either working for you or against you. And for women in money, these scripts are oftentimes working against us and they will continue to do so until we can bring awareness to them we can interrupt them, and we can replace them with more helpful beliefs and scripts. And in this episode, I simply want to point out what those are that could be lying underneath the surface that then we can work to bring more light to. So let's get started with the first flow of money. Let's talk about money coming in, the inflow of money, which is making money. So when it comes to making money and women and men, the first thing that I want to point out is the differences in worth and the different meanings that we attach to women making money versus men making money. So let's start with men. Men are taught from a very young age that it's very important to make money, to make a good living, to contribute, to be the primary financial provider for the family. So maybe this is what you saw in your household. Maybe you did grow up in a household where the man worked and the woman stayed home. Maybe you didn't. I didn't, actually. My household was the opposite of that. My mom was the primary breadwinner in my family, and my dad was the one that primarily stayed home and took care of us. But even with that as my primary example to look towards, I still grew up with this belief of, oh, The man goes and works and makes the money and the woman stays home. Because again, of all of the inputs, I saw it in, you know, 95% of the other families that I looked at. I read about it in books. I saw it in movies and other media and TV shows. And when it comes to men and making money, there is definitely a positive correlation between a man's self-worth 
and the amount of money that he makes, meaning that the more money that he makes, the more worthy that he is, the more status and the more influence that he has, the more important he is, the more popular he is, the more likely he is to be able to find a suitable mate. We also make it mean all sorts of really positive things about the man who makes a lot of money, right? Like, oh, he must be so smart. He must be so talented, so gifted. And so because of this meaning and the correlation that we associate to men and money, men are incentivized, again, not even consciously, but they are programmed and they are socially incentivized to pursue jobs that are typically higher income where they can make a lot of money. Doctors, lawyers, dentists, pilots, engineers, jobs in STEM, businessmen, entrepreneurs. So the bottom line with this one is that men are raised to be good earners, to make a lot of money. Women, on the other hand, are not. Now, when you look at making money, there is the complete opposite messaging that is pushed to women than what is pushed to men. So women are not pushed to make a lot of money because we are told as women to be of service. And we are also subconsciously programmed to believe that someone else, namely a man, a husband, is going to financially provide for us. Now, again, I know saying some of this stuff, you're like, Paige, come on. It is 2021 here. And I'm like, listen, I get it. It's not like anyone is out there saying this to us. But remember, it doesn't have to be the obvious rush of water to make an impact. A slow dripping faucet over a long period of time can fill a big space and can make a big impact. This is the same for us. So not that anyone is out there probably now in 2021 telling women like, oh, well, you know, you just need to get married and find a man and he'll take care of you financially. But it's what we see in the media and messaging and movies and books and TV shows over a course of 20, 30, 40 years that has programmed us to believe this. So again, as women, we are not told to be the providers. We are told to be of service and to take care of people. With women as well, when we looked at the impact that money has on our image and our self-worth, it's also the complete opposite of men. So with men, more money means more status, more importance, more acceptance. But with women, making more money makes you an outcast. It makes you an outlier. I know it might sound strange, but I hear it from women all the time that they don't want to make a lot of money. They flat out say to me, I just don't think that I want to make a lot of money. And then when I ask them why, it's usually answered with, because I don't want people to think that I'm fill in the blank. I don't want people to think that I'm greedy, that I'm a sellout, that all I care about is money, that I'm shallow, that I'm uncaring, that I'm taking advantage of people. Do we hear men saying this? Not usually. No. Maybe some men, but not usually no. We don't hear men saying this. But with women... We have a subconscious belief that making lots of money is going to isolate us from the pack. With men, it's, oh, money is going to help me gain respect with other people. It's going to give me status and importance. But with women, it's the opposite. With women, it's, oh, money is going to make me an outcast. I'm going to lose respect from others if I have a lot of money. And you want to know what is so interesting about this point that I see all the time? As women... We just make this one point harder for all other women because we love, generally, we love to hate on other women who are successful, who have a lot of money.
but I've told you the story about Brooke Castillo, the founder of the Life Coach School, who she is very vocal in the amount of money that she makes and that she is trying to make. She's a very popular podcast called the Life Coach School Podcast. And when you go and you read her podcast reviews, almost all of her one-star ratings on her podcast are from other women giving her a one-star review because she talks about money too much and she is too open about the amount of money that she makes. And she makes a lot of money, you guys. I think her business last year made $35 million and she's trying to get her business to make $100 million. But you go and you look and it's all of these other women tearing her down, tearing down another women for her desire to make a lot of money. Now with men, it's the opposite. Men will idolize other men who want to make a lot of money. But with women, a lot of the times what you see is women tearing other women down who either want and desire a lot of money or who have been successful in making a lot of money. Instead of rooting them on, we just tear each other down, which perpetuates the problem and it makes it even harder for women to want to make more money. And it's really interesting because when we tear other women down for making money, we actually get a dopamine hit. It feels really good for our brains to do that. When we gossip about them, when we make up stories about them, when we turn them into greedy, terrible people because they're making money, our brains get a hit of dopamine. And it's almost like a drug. And it's because of the way that we have evolved and the way that we have evolved in packs and in groups. We have a desire to be a part of that group and not to be left on the outside. So if you are in that group, and you are criticizing or you are ridiculing someone else who's kind of on the outside, which they might be if they're making a lot of money, right? Then it's a hit of dopamine. It's, oh, I'm part of this group. I'm part of the pack and that person isn't. Thank goodness that this isn't me and that I'm not isolated because that's dangerous. So as long as we keep the attention on that person and making that person bad or wrong on the outside, then I will be safe on the inside. So it's just interesting to know that as women, we do a lot of gossiping. We do a lot of tearing down to other women, which is just making it that much harder for us to reach our full financial potential. Now, also with women, we have the belief that the more money we make, the harder it's going to be to find a mate. Again, this one is probably a little bit more subconscious as well. And I'm telling you right now, men don't worry about that. Like I said, it's the opposite with men. The more money that men make, the more desirable they become, generally speaking, right? And with women, it's the opposite. I see women pushing wealth away and self-sabotaging all the time because subconsciously they believe that they will not be able to find a male partner or a male spouse if they make a lot of money because it's just going to be too emasculating for the man. And so because of that, they will play small financially so that they aren't intimidating to a future male partner or spouse. And like I said, with men, it's the complete opposite. It's like, oh, the more money I make, the more desirable of a mate I'll be able to attract. Also, women think that in order to make a lot of money, they're going to have to work really, really hard. They're going to have to give a lot of their time and energy. And when you believe that, then what does that mean? For a lot of women, it means time taken away from their family and from their kids. So with women, the more money that you make, the worse of a mom or the more disconnected of a family member 
you become. And again, I am telling you this because I have had clients tell me that they do not want to be successful financially because they believe that they cannot be a good mom and have a lot of money at the same time, that the two cannot coexist in the same space. And once again, I'm telling you, very few men are worried about this. With men, the opposite is true, right? The more money that a man makes, the better parent, the better provider that they are because he is taking care of his family. That's how it's perceived. But with women, instead of being programmed and conditioned to make more money, we are simply told to be of service. And for many times, what this looks like is being of service for no compensation at all or being of service and being compensated wildly lower than we actually should be. We are told that it is so important to be of service to others, to care for others, to take care of our children, our parents, our friends, our customers, our students. And this is why we see a lot of jobs rooted in service and taking care of people dominated by women. Teachers, nurses, social workers, childcare, predominantly women. And when you think about the compensation of those jobs versus compensation of the jobs that I told you that are predominantly male, the compensation is drastically lower. So just in this one area of money, making money, look at all of the differences between men and women. And the messaging and the beliefs that are put into us as women when it comes to money, they are not helping us in making more money. In fact, it's the complete opposite. Because when we are programmed from a very young age to believe that we need to be of service, we need to help people, we need to do it with a servant's heart for free or for very little money, don't be greedy, don't talk about money because it's not ladylike, don't make a lot of money because you'll be emasculating your partner, don't work too hard, be a good family member, always be there for your kids. Don't desire or want a lot of money because doing that is going to make you different. It's going to isolate you. It's going to bring ridicule and scrutiny. Of course, when we are told that and those are the beliefs that we have about making money, it is no wonder why women are struggling to reach their full financial potential and are chronically under earning. We are coming up against obstacle after obstacle every day when it comes to building wealth, all because of these beliefs and all because of this programming. And this is just one silo of money. This is just making money. So managing money, what are the differences here? In this silo of money, there's really one primary difference that I see, which is simply just that men are better at managing money than we are. They're smarter than us. They're better at math than we are. They're better investors than us. They're more business savvy than us. They're more disciplined than we are. I mean, so many things. And because of this notion that they are more competent when it comes to managing money, that also means that they feel more confident around money. They are more willing to take calculated risk with money and amass more wealth than women. There is just this notion that with men, money is easy. And with women, money is hard. Money is hard is one of the most destructive beliefs that you can have about money. But unfortunately, it's one of the most predominant with women. There are different variations of this belief, but overall, when it comes to managing money with women, I hear a lot of, it's hard. It's confusing. I'm not good at this. I'm not equipped or smart enough for this. I'm just not wired for this 
which sends the message that just inherently, because you are a woman, because of who you are, you will never be good at managing money. So I want to ask you, when you think about this spectrum, this easy, hard spectrum of money, when it comes to making a plan for your money, executing that plan, sticking to it, investing for your future, how hard do you think it is? Or how easy do you think that it is? Where do you fall? And I want you to notice this. It's so important. Ask yourself, how hard do I think money is? And when you answer that question, I want you to give some thought to, okay, how much of this belief is rooted in actual experience in me managing money in the past? And how much of this is just rooted in programming? Do I believe that money is hard because I've just been told that it's hard? Because as a woman, I have been conditioned to believe that I won't be as good at managing it as my male counterparts? Or do I actually believe that because I've gone out there and I've been in the trenches and I've really, really tried to manage my money and this is just the conclusion that I came to? Most of the women I work with, the majority of that belief is coming from programming, not from actual experience. I tell my clients this all the time. I'm like, listen, if you can do third grade math, you can manage money and manage it exceptionally. We think that it's confusing and it's complicated and we're not smart enough to figure it out. All of that is untrue. It's simply just programming that has been put into your head. And so that's what you've been socialized to believe about money. And just a little sidetrack, your beliefs about money are so key, you guys, because when you believe something to be true, you will make it true. Your thoughts create your feelings, which drive your actions. So when you have a thought, you will literally prove it true. Not only when you have a belief is your brain going to look for evidence to prove your thinking true, we will also create the evidence in our own life just to reinforce the belief. I want you to remember that your brain loves certainty and your brain wants to be right about things. Because when you're certain about something, when you're right about something, that is not a threat to survival. When you introduce uncertainty, when you introduce change or a new viewpoint or new thinking, that difference, that change is a threat to survival. So when you believe something, your brain wants to be right about it. And when you believe something, your brain is constantly going to be scanning for evidence to reinforce that belief. So you having the belief money is hard, it's confusing, it's difficult. Your brain is always going to be scanning to prove that belief true, and it's going to find stuff. And when it does, it's going to be like, ah, aha, see, it's hard, it's difficult. And when you know that your beliefs cause your feelings and your feelings drive your actions, then you can see that your beliefs will literally drive you to create evidence in your own life just to reinforce your own beliefs, which just creates this reinforced loop that you will stay stuck in unless you intentionally interrupt that thought loop and introduce new thoughts and beliefs into your brain about money. So that was a little tangent, but that is why all of this is so important. So when it comes to managing money, that is the most predominant thing that I see. It's just that for men, money is easy. For women, it's hard. Men are better at managing money. Women are a lot worse at managing money. And again, when you think that you're bad at something, when you think that something's hard, when you think that you're not capable of doing it, that is the exact evidence and results that you will just start to create in your own life. The last silo of money that I want to talk about is spending money. It's the outflow of money. 
And again, there's really just one predominant difference that I see in this area, which I don't think is serving women very well either, which is the belief that men are the savers and women are the spenders. Like how many times have we seen this narrative in media and movies and books that, oh, the man is just going to go out and make all the money. And then the wife, the woman is just going to go and spend it all and blow it all. And so most of the women that come to me on the spending spectrum definitely identify more as a spender. And again, it's unpacking, okay, how much of that is actually true? How much of that is just based on your actual spending habits? And how much of it is just based on what you think you should be on the programming that you've adopted when it comes to whether you're a saver or a spender with money? In past episodes, I've encouraged this with you, and I'm going to do it once more, but I absolutely hate these labels that we put on ourselves and how we're almost kind of forced to pick one. Like, oh, I'm a saver or I'm a spender. And what I like to believe is that I'm both. I've told you how I like to say I'm a saver and I'm a spender. I'm really good at both, and I do both on a really healthy level. I am an excellent saver. And I am an excellent spender. And it's possible that both can coexist in the same space. With women, when we just believe like, oh, I'm just the spender, once again, that is a belief that for many women isn't serving them. It's pondering on this and saying how much of this is actually true and how much of this have I just been socialized to think about myself. And if you are someone who you find saying that about yourself, like, oh, I'm a spender, I'm a spender, I'm a spender, I also want you to introduce, like I said, that you're both. I'm a saver and I'm a spender. You can do both and you can be excellent at both at the same time. They can absolutely coexist in the same place. But I'll say this, spending always gets a bad rap. Like when it comes to money, saving is like, oh, saving is the wise and the responsible thing to do with money. And spending money is the bad, irresponsible thing to do with money. And so, of course, this kind of plays into the last one that we were just talking about. Men are better at managing money. They're better savers. They take better care of their money, where women are more flippant and we're not as good at managing our money and we're the spenders. So again, all of these beliefs just play into our actual ability to manage money, the way we save it and the way we spend it, and it's not helping us do it in a healthy, positive, or productive way. So that is women and money, my friends. I hope that this episode has helped you see how when it comes to money, men and women are literally believing different things, living in different worlds feeling differently, taking different actions based off those thoughts, and then creating different results for themselves. And I am here and I do this every day because I believe that we need more amazing, caring women to earn more money in the world. I always say we need more money in the hands of the good guys, the hands of women of this world. As women, we are up against a lot of outdated and antiquated belief systems that as much as we want to think aren't there, They are slowly still dripping into our brain, into our subconscious, our belief system. And they are there and they are impacting our relationship and our results with money. Otherwise, if they weren't there, I wouldn't be hearing them from all of you guys almost every day when we really do the work of starting to peel back the layers of the onion. And so we have to work to change this stuff because, like I said, we need more money in the hands of more women. And until we work to change this stuff, we're just going to continue to self-sabotage. 
All of you are amazing, caring women. And I feel and I believe that if you have the desire to make more money, it is your responsibility to do so, so that you can do good in the world, so that you can have more impact. You can possibly have a business that employs other women, that helps women clients and charities, and that contributes to the world in a positive way that adds to what the women who came before us created the opportunity for us to do. They did so much work on our behalf, and I, for one, don't want to imagine myself telling them like, hey, thanks for all the work that you did to get us women where we are today, but I'm really just too scared. I really just don't want to do the work. Many women went before us to make it possible, and so let's honor their fight by being brave enough and supporting each other, okay? Let's do that for each other, for ourselves as women. And I want to just remind you to end this one out that money is not good or bad. Money is just a playground, you guys. You've heard me say this before, but money is just going to make you more of who you already are in this world. And it will also make it easier for you to express your values into the world. If you are a great, amazing person, that will absolutely show up in the way that you make, manage, and spend your money. So that is what I have for you this week. Remember, tune in in the future weeks. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you do that so you can catch the episodes coming out every Tuesday. We have so many amazing topics coming your way. Like I said, comparison, overcoming indecision, taking calculated risk, how to stop people pleasing, all of these areas that I feel are holding women back from making the money that they are destined to make. The last favor that I want to ask of you is if you have been listening and enjoying the podcast, if you could take two minutes just to leave a review on iTunes, it would mean the world to me. It really just helps the podcast going strong. It helps other people find the work that we do here, and it just spreads the love. We just surpassed over 100 five-star reviews on the podcast, which is awesome, but I would love to keep it going. So if this is free content that you consume every week, just taking the two minutes to show your appreciation would mean so much to me. All right, you guys, I love every single one of you. All of you have an amazing, amazing week. I will see you next Tuesday. I love every single one of you. Bye. Hey, girl. If you enjoyed this episode, I want to invite you to join me in Overcoming Overspending. It's my signature program where I take you through my three-phase approach to stop impulse shopping and overspending so that you can finally start making substantial progress with your finances. Through the self-paced online program, the student community group, and live weekly coaching with me, you will receive all the encouragement you need to finally achieve lasting change with your money habits that have been sabotaging you for so long. You'll have money back in your pocket. You will leave behind the stress and the worry that you currently experience with money, and your spending will be controlled purposeful and actually feel good and be fun. The best part is it's 100% risk-free. You have a lifetime to implement my proven process. And after doing that, if you don't make your investment back, I will give you a full refund. Your results are guaranteed or the program is on me. Just head over to overcomingoverspending.com to get started. I can't wait to have you as a student within the program.